Lord. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, right now we just pray that God, according to Ephesians chapter 1, that God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Lord, right now we ask that our eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of our calling, that we may know what is the inheritance of the saints. That we may know the mighty power that's been given to us through Jesus Christ, which he wrought when he raised him from the dead and gave him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, powers below the earth, on the earth, and above the earth would bow and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And Father, we thank you that Jesus, you are the head of the body and that we, your church, are your body, the fullness thereof. Amen. Somebody hit your neighbor and say, we are the body of Christ, the fullness thereof. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I want to be talking today out of Romans chapter 6. I trust that you were able to do your reading this week. Um, This coming week, uh, if you would read Romans chapter 7, and and next week we're going to talk about the struggle is real. How many know that you have a heart for the Lord, but sometimes what you want to do is not what you do? And, what, and you love the Lord on the inside, but sometimes something's speaking differently on the outside. How many know what I'm talking about? That's the struggle. So next week, we're going to talk about the struggle that we have as a Christian and, and how we can overcome that. But today is a part of, in fact, sometimes I wonder why Romans 7 is where it's at in, in the Bible, because really today what we're going to be preaching is a victory to what Romans 7 is. And then it's like, it's like Paul gives you the victory, and then he tells you the struggle, but then he tells you the victory again. It's like it two book book ends with the struggle in the middle, but he gives you the how-to and the victory on each side of that. Amen? How many know God always gives us that victory? But today we're going to look at, at the difference between sin, capital sin, like a noun is a person, place, or thing. So we're going to look at t- it, it, it sin as, as a noun, and then we're also going to look at sins as a verb. Sins that we do. And if you notice in the book of Romans, Paul gives us a definition of the normal Christian life and what it should look like. Galatians 2.20 gives us that, what a definition of what it should look like. And that is, it's no longer I, but Christ. Amen? So the definition of the Christian, the normal Christian life, the summary of the Christian life is no longer I, but Christ that lives his life in me and through me. So God has the answer to every human problem and everything that we're facing, and that is his son, Jesus Christ, living in us. Amen? The Bible says this, and we saw this in Romans this week. He died, he died instead of us for our forgiveness. In other words, we all needed forgiveness. Christ died instead of us for our forgiveness. But he lives instead of us for our deliverance. There's a big difference between forgiveness and deliverance. Jesus Christ was a substitution for us in two ways. For our, for our deliverance, his substitution on the cross, his substitution on, our, on the cross was a securing of our forgiveness from our sins. 
But then the substitute within us on the cross, it was a substitute for our victory. So there's a difference between uh, deliverance and a difference between forgiveness. So when you're thinking of sins and things, actions that we do and and the ways that we fail, that's forgiveness of, of sins through the blood that Jesus did that. But when you're talking about forgiveness of sin or the nature or the noun or the person of sin... That's done differently than the blood. It's done through the cross of Jesus Christ. You have to go at it in two ways. There's the blood of Jesus for forgiveness of sins. But then there's the cross of Jesus. And that's a place of death and mortification. So that we're able to walk out that Christian life that we're wanting to walk out. And again, Paul gave us that secret. He said, it's no longer I, but Christ that lives in me. So we're going to talk about that today, but if you look at Romans 1 through 4, sin is mentioned several times, but Romans 1 through 4, it's talking about the action sins. It's talking about the sins that we commit, but when you start getting at Romans 5 through 8, there's a reversal of that, and sins is still mentioned a whole bunch, but it's in that noun form. It's in that person of sin. It's in that sin nature that we all were born in. And I think it's very important that we see that. So 1 through 4 is a question of sins that I've committed, actions. And 5 through 8 is a discovery of the principle of sin. It's when you discover, hey, I not only sin, but there's something more than that. There's a principle of sin in me. So what he's saying here is this. I need... Guys, you really, this is so important that we understand this seriously. I can't emphasize how important today's message is. And listen to this very closely and try to receive this. So what Paul's saying here is I need forgiveness for my sins. And that's provided through the blood. But I also need deliverance from the power or the person or the nature of sin. There's a vast difference. There, you, you have to target each of these issues differently. You can't target them the same. You can't target sins and actions. You target that with the blood. But you can't target sins and the actions and the, and the, the shortcomings you have. You have to target your sin nature in a different way. Are you all with me today? The teaching of Romans is not we are sinners because we commit sins. The teaching of Romans is we sin because we are sinners. Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. We are sinners, think about this, we are sinners by constitution. We're sinners by constitution rather than by action. By one man's sin, we were made if you, if you look that up in the original literal translation where, it says, translation where it says, for one man's sin, we were made. Everybody say, we were made. That literally means constituted. Constituted. You were made. You were constituted a sinner. And then also when you was reading that, this opened up to me this week too, or, or as I've been studying Romans. There's a lot of stuff I've been wondering for years, and I'm just seeing it, for now, seeing it now for some reason. And I'm so passionate that you guys could see it for the first time, because a lot of what I'm teaching, I'm seeing it for my first time. But it always got me where it said, from Adam to Moses, from Adam to Moses there was death. 
And then it says from Moses, you guys read it this week, then it says from Moses up to now, there, there, was, there was death by sin. And everybody knows that the law came when Moses was here. So here's what happened. Here, listen to me. Here's what happened from Adam to Moses. We all died and we had death. We had death because of original sin and the big sin now. But then one of the reasons that the law came was to show people that they are sinners, that they commit acts of sin. Without the law, you don't know know what the acts of sin are. So what the law did, it was glorious, but what it did is the law's reason that it came was so everybody could say, man, I sin and fall short of the glory of God. So there's two ways. We originate, we're constituted sinners, But then the law came and it showed us that we do acts of sin. It is critical that you realize you can't attack both of those with the same method. The way that you attack actions of sins and sins that you do where you're breaking the law, you attack that with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus does this. It forgives you of your sins. The blood of Jesus, the Bible makes it clear that that puts you in right standing with the Lord. Another thing the blood of Jesus does is the blood of Jesus clears your conscience. Woo! Would somebody praise Him in the house today? Come on, let's change the atmosphere today. The the, the blood of Jesus cleanses your conscience. In other words, that little voice in your head always telling you what you're not and what you did and 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 always reminding you and accusing you the blood even clears your conscience the word says that so that's the blood you deal with that that way but the nature of sin the person of sin is dealt with by the cross there's a big difference there's a big difference when god When God's light first shines into your heart, when God's light, I want you to get this, when God's light first shined into Brian's heart, my cry was forgiveness. Oh man, God, forgive me. How many know what I'm talking about? When God first came to you, it was like, oh God, forgive me. I realize I've committed sins before you. But once I experienced forgiveness of sin, I've been itching my head on this all week. I was like, Lord, but once I received forgiveness of sins, I made a new discovery. That I have a nature to sin and my cry is still forgive me of my sins. But then my cry became, God deliver me. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Sorry about my passion today, guys. There's an, guys, there's an inward, there's an inward, the body of death is an inward inclination to sin. It's a power within that draws me to sin and, 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 and tempts me to sin and it's like bait, it's like a, if I'm a bug flying through the air, it's like the lightning, I just run to it and get zapped. It, it, it's like the best bait for fishing. How many know the devil has some good bait and you cast and I'm that fish and I'm like mmm that stink bait smells good or oh that that lure looks so amazing and, whoop, and then I'm hooked 
Because that's the nature. The blood forgives you. But there's a nature that's got to be taken care of. And the nature that's got to be taken care of comes through a death on the cross. And we're going to know that. There's this inward condition. When the power breaks, and when that power breaks out, I commit these sins. I seek and receive forgiveness. I was writing this. that Some people saying, boy, Brian, I like it when you just follow the Spirit. You don't think notes are following the Spirit? I spent hours in prayer. And, and I was writing this out. Lord, I seek. Justin, I'm so glad you're here because I get to spend more time in, in, the, in the Word and in prayer. But I, I, I may seek and receive forgiveness, but then I sin again. And then I get in this vicious circle of sinning and being forgiving, and then sinning again. And then I was like, Lord, I appreciate. I appreciate forgiveness. But what my need is and what I really want is I want deliverance. I want some deliverance. We need forgiveness for what we have done, but we need deliverance from what we are. We need forgiveness for what we have done, but we need deliverance from what we are. That would be a good tweet. We need forgiveness for what we have done, but we need deliverance from what we are. In Romans 1.8, these two aspects have been presented to us. I want to look at this in Christ and in Adam. The terms Adam and in Christ. Because in your reading in Romans, from Romans 5.12-21, reveals to us that we are in Adam. How many read that this week? Anybody out there? Yuns are quiet today. Yuns are quiet today. How many read Romans 5 this week? Amen? Yuns, that's a uh, Branson, hillbilly. We're country boys and hillbillies here. Amen? Revealed to, uh, we're constituted, uh, 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 this in Christ and in Adam. You see that in Romans 5, 12 through 21. It reveals what we are in Adam. Amen? You know, I was thinking about how do you describe to people what it means to be in Adam? That we're constituted sinners Not by the sins we commit, but simply by being in Adam. All of us have sinned before we were born because we were in Adam when he sinned. And I thought of this example this week. Think about this. If I would have died, when you think about in Adam, if I would have died, Pastor Brian, if I would have died when I was three years old, where would my kids be? Where would Luke, Logan Caitlin and Braden, or what's my other kid's name? Luke, Logan, Jordan, Jordan. Sorry, son. Amen. It, it, where would my kids be? And even more than that, how many of you know I'm a granddad? Come on, granddads, give it up. Come on. I'm a granddad, baby. All right. Well, where would Ames be if I died at three? That's what in Adam is. Uh, where would they, they would have died with me because their experience is bound up in my experience. We're involved in Adam's sin by being born into Adam. So the vital question today is how do we get out of Adam? How do we get out of that? Listen to this. You might want to write this down. We came into Adam by birth. We came into Adam by birth. Therefore, we get out of Adam only by Death. Only by death. Only by death. Birth can be an answer too if you think about it. But only by death. 
And it is just the way of escape that God has provided. Are you all with me? So how do I get out of this? All who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized, Romans 6.3 says, into his death. Well, to be in Christ means that we have to be identified with him in his death and his resurrection. So the cross is the power of God which translates us from Adam into Christ. Are you all with me? There's a translation that happens. The Bible says, for us by one man's disobedience, Romans 5.19, many were made sinners. Same thing. So as by one man's, everybody say obedience, many were made what? Righteous. Amen. Now, I want you to write some of this down. I put a contrast between Adam and Christ. When you're reading that Romans 5, all that end up to 6, you're going to see every bit of this. In Adam, Adam introduced sin into the world. Christ introduced grace and the gift of righteousness. Adam brought death into the world. Christ restored life into the world. Adam's action brought death and it spread to everyone. Christ's action at the cross brought righteousness and life to all. All died even though they didn't disobey with Adam. Think about that. If you think that's unfair, that you die because of what Adam did, all died even though they didn't disobey. If we just keep it real, I've even been like, God, why am I paying for what he did? That's why the law came for people like that want to say, why am I paying a penalty for what somebody else did? Well, the law came and said, all of us need Christ. All right? So if you think that's unfair that all die even though they didn't disobey, well, the scripture also says you all live even though you didn't obey. You all live through Christ even though you didn't obey. And so sin came and brought condemnation to all, but Christ's grace came and brought forgiveness to all. Adam broke relationship with God. Christ restored relationship with God. Adam was disobedient. Christ was obedient even to the death of the cross. Christ, all people were made sinners. Uh, Adam, all people were made sinners. Christ, all people who believe are righteous. In Adam, you're a loser. In Christ, how many know we triumph always? That's what the word says. Now, the next part in your insert, it says this. It says to know... And to reconcile. The first thing to know, if you, when we come to, all right, I appreciate the blood for my forgiveness. How many understand the message up to this point? I appreciate the blood for my forgiveness, but I want some deliverance. We're going to be talking about deliverance from the body of death now. The first, the key to this, the key to this is to know and to reconcile. To know and to reconcile. So, First is to know. The Bible says we know that our old sinful self was, were crucified with Christ. So that it might lose its power in our lives. Okay? This corruption in us is the body of sin. And it has many parts. And sin comes up in many different ways. But this scripture says that that sin loses its power. And, and the body of sin is destroyed. And sins are overcome. And sins may still be around you, but they're not in you to where you live slaves to them. It is a body of sin. It's the body of sin that you might say rules the roost or dominates and has the upper hand, the body of sin. But listen, if you destroy this, 
I hope you're all with me. If you destroy the body of sin, if you can destroy that, you can't, but we can, I'm going to tell you how through Christ. If we can destroy that, listen, then the yoke is broken. How many want the yoke to be broken and you can walk in complete forgiveness or deliverance? When Christ died, listen, here's the key. The first thing, you got to know this. When Christ died, we died with him. People are like thinking when you started out that that's when you're, when you're dying. When you confess Jesus as Lord and you ask Jesus to come in your heart, you, this is the key, you have to know this. To know this and then reckon it so. Reckon so just means consider it done. I believe it. So when you know, when, when you see Christ on the cross di- dead, you need to see yourself on the cross dead. It's past tense. It's not future. And it's, yeah, but pastor, uh, what about I die daily? That's telling you, when you read that scripture in context, that's telling you that you need to walk in a life of obedience where you remember that you died with Christ. That you remember that. Just like communion. When we celebrate communion, we're not, Christ isn't dying again. We're remembering what he did. Guys, you have to know this. If you want the body of sin, I'm forgiven for sins, and I appreciate that, but I want the yoke to be destroyed, then you must realize I died with Christ. I died with Christ. And when Christ died, when, when, when we die with Christ, remember I said in Adam, in Christ? When you die with Christ, you die to Adam. You were born in Adam, and and the only way you can get out of being born in Adam is to, everybody say it, die with Christ. The only way you can get, it's a supernatural thing. The Bible says in Romans 6, 4, for we died, everybody say past tense, and were buried with Christ, we were raised by the dead from the glorious power of the Father so that we can live new lives. Brothers and sisters, salvation is not reformation. It's transformation. Salvation isn't fixing it up and cleaning it up. I'm telling you, it's not fixing it up and cleaning it up. It's Ezekiel 36, 26. It's a new heart. It's a new heart. It's not fixing up the old heart. It's not fixing up Adam and Adam's nature and putting on some good behavior and and stopping a few things. It's a new heart. And and, and the reason you you, you really have to be born again is because when you're born again, the Bible says he gives you a new heart and he puts a new spirit in you and he takes the old heart out of you and he gives you a heart of flesh. Listen. Listen to this. When I was running, and um, I always receive when I'm running. I can focus better. But when I was in Hawaii and running one day, when I was seeing this, is when the, that's when the Lord showed me. He said, Brian, deliverance, deliverance from the nature and the person of sin is not by the blood. It's being on the cross. And then that's when the Lord said, to me that you were born in Adam. The only way to get out of Adam is to die with Christ. 
So at, when Jesus Christ came, he was born just like we are. In sinful nature, and he didn't sin. And, and so when Christ died on the cross, listen, he absorbed in Adam. And so when we die with Christ on the cross, we die to Adam, but then we're raised in Christ. Anybody out there? See, see here's, you, you say, well, how's that set me, set me free? Listen, to know it and then to reckon it so. Reckon means to substantiate a truth. So, reckon means to substantiate a truth. So, the way you get free is when you listen to the preached word, and, and, you're, and, and you really want, first, I think you've got to really want freedom, and, and you've got to really be here because you're wanting to grow, and you're not just doing your church thing. But for the people that really want to grow, and you really want to be set free, there has to be a revelation, a revelation. It's taken me weeks to get this revelation in my heart. And people want to get a revelation just by hearing the preached word one time. What I'm giving you today, I have meditated and regurgitated and prayed and, and for, for hours and hours and hours. It's taken me a long time to realize I know that I'm dead in Christ, but a light has to come on to where you reckon it's so. And guys, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The way that you substantiate is when you hear a truth and, and, and you like um, believe there's facts to back it and prove it. To me, I've, I've given facts and backing to be able to speak what I'm saying to hear. Reckon it so is when you go, hmm. I remember my grandma used to go, I would tell her something and I'd say, well, you, and she'd say, well, I reckon so. I reckon so. That's when she was convinced of it. But I'm, I'm getting convinced that I died. And that I'm not trying to die. I'm not trying to do that every day. I already did it. And if, if I'm a dead man in a casket, you can put everything that is appeasing and things that my, my person would crave. A dead man's dead. He, he doesn't wake up, oh, he's dead. Guys, Romans, Ephesians 1 is so important. I, I, I quote this every day. It says that God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, would give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened that I might know. How, how do you, how do you, how does this happen? There has to be a revelation. You have to go home from today and first believe that the seed is planted in your heart. But then go home and just start. When temptation hits me, I just say, I'm dead. When, when lust of the flesh hits me, I'm dead. When I want to be angry with somebody, I'm dead. When I don't want to forgive someone, I'm dead to that. When I don't want to, when I don't want to, when I don't want to, when I want, when I want, when I want, I'm dead. I'm dead. And I am raised 
in Christ. Now I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. There's a scripture in your handout. 1 John chapter 3 verse 9. That's one of those scriptures. That's one and then also Hebrews 10 26. Is one preachers don't touch with a 10 foot pole. I remember I got Hebrews 10, 26, and it says, and I would hear preachers thunder, and they'd say, my brothers and sisters, for if you sin willfully, after you've received acknowledgement of truth, there remaineth no more sin sacrifice from you. Repent today. I've heard that kind of preaching. I grew up in the South, and I'd be like, oh my God, every sin I do is willful. I don't stand a, I don't stand a hope. I don't stand hope as I sin hell. I, I have no hope. No hope. But here's another one. Read that 1 John 3, 9. Oh my gosh. No one who's born of God will sin. Because God's seed remains in them. They cannot sin because they're born of God. What? What? They cannot sin because they're born of God. You know what? God gave me revelation of that scripture. God gave me revelation of that scripture in the last few weeks. And he said this. This is a scripture that is often misunderstood and may easily mislead us. John's not saying sin is history and will never commit sins again. He's saying that your spirit has been born of God and the life of Christ has been planted in you at new birth and the sin nature is no longer a part of you. I'm going to read that one more time. Seriously. He is saying that we are born of God And the life of Christ has been planted in us at new birth. And the sin nature, that person of sin, no longer, I'm in Christ now. I'm in Christ. That person, I'm not in Adam anymore. So that person in Christ, in Adam is no longer part of me. I'm in Christ. Here's here's what you have to understand. And, And guys, I don't do this very often, but we aren't. One reason that I'm trying to hold services tight is because God has showed me that we're we're gonna that this church is gonna bust open from Easter and it's gonna we're gonna ride a wave like you're not gonna believe. We have to get used to two services. And that needs to be something we rejoice because we want to grow. Amen. We want to reach people. Amen. But until then, I mean and and when we get in two services, the second one's the one you might want to if if you want to the second one is the one that might run a little longer to when I want to preach a little longer, and, but I'm watching the time. But I'm, I'm going to preach longer today. Be, and, and really, I'm not offended if anybody needs to leave. Seriously, if, if you get up and walk, I wouldn't take that wrong. But I want to preach a little longer today on this. But, but this in Christ and in Adam, this in Christ and in Adam, I'm no longer in Adam, I'm now in Christ. Here's what you have to believe this. You are a spirit, an eternal spirit. You have a soul, 
Your soul is your mind, your thoughts, your intellect. Your soul is your emotions. And it's your feelings. That, that's, that's what soul is. Okay? You are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. When you are born of God, God's spirit, Adam dies, and God's spirit is planted in you, and a new heart is given to you. Listen, every fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, do you always think those things? Yes or no? It's because your soul is being saved. Do you always act out love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control? Do you act that out in your body? Because your body's being saved. Know this and then reckon it so. When you're born of God, it's this. The life of Christ has been planted in you at new birth and sin nature, Adam nature is no longer part of you. So what that means, guys, your spirit is 100% born again. You can't add nothing to it, and you can't take anything away from it. I'm going to show you some more scriptures. In Christ, you are perfected forever. They were singing a song about how God's perfect, God's perfect today. And he, guys, here's the thing. He doesn't demand a good job. Christ demands perfection. He can't help it. He's 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 holy. Okay, but you are perfect. How many were singing? You're perfect and all. If you that whole that song even turns it to where we are, and I'm going to show you some scripture in that. But you can stand confident that in Christ you are perfect. Now listen to me. Listen to me on this. Listen to me. Listen. Uh, uh, listen to this. Um, that Hebrews that I did last week. Hebrews nine four. Write that down. Hebrews 9.4. Hebrews 9.4. Hebrews 9.4. And then write this down somewhere. Our life is hidden in Christ. Because I'm still under that topic. He that is born of God cannot sin. You all with me? I believe that. I believe that. In other words, your spirit cannot sin. But still sins around you. And you sin in your thoughts. You sin in your emotions. And you still sin in your body. And that's what the blood's for. But the cross cancels the Adam nature and puts Christ's nature in you. Listen, giving you the potential and the ability for the spirit to come out of you. For the soul to be overcome by the spirit. For the body to be mortified, the flesh to be mortified. And we start walking more and more in the spirit as we continue to grow in the Lord. Does anybody out there say amen? Okay, but... Um, This Hebrews, guys, I want you to see this. To be able to say that we are perfect and when we're born of God, we don't sin. The only way that we can say that is when we go to that Hebrews 9. And it says this. It says, I talked last week how how in the Old Testament you had the outer courts, then you came into uh, 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 some closer courts, and then you went into the Holy of Holies, and then you only went there once a year. How many remember that? And then how many remember the Ark of the Covenant? Ark of the Covenant, okay, the Ark of the Covenant 
in the New Testament, guys, Old Testament are symbols and references. The New Covenant, or, or, or the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, I want everybody to realize that is Jesus. The Ark of the Covenant is Jesus. Even in the building of the Ark, where it says it was made of Acadia wood, and, it was, uh, and, and gold was plated on it. Acadia wood was the human part of Jesus, and gold was the deity. And then it says on the lid, it was, it was an inch thick um, gold that was pounded. Jesus went through fire, and he was pounded, and he was beaten, and that gold was there. And then, guys, in 1 John chapter 2, 2, where it says that Jesus is a propitiation for our sin. In other words, he's an atonement, and he makes it where God and man can talk again. That's what propitiation means. Listen, propitiation and mercy seat on the, the Ark of the Covenant, that seat part, mercy seat and propitiation in the Hebrew are the same word. So man could meet God one time a year in the Old Testament. But when Jesus died, that curtain split. And now man can meet God anytime you want to. Now listen, how are you telling me I'm perfect that I don't that my spirit doesn't sin? Because I'm telling you you're born of God and you have the spirit of God and you are in Christ. And you have Christ's heart and a new heart. And it's 100% born again. And it's 100% the fruit of the Spirit. And you're working it out in your soul and your body. Listen, what do I do about my sins? Inside, listen, I am in Christ. I'm in Christ. I was in Adam, now I'm in Christ. Inside the Ark of the Covenant were three articles. There was the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments was man's inability to keep the law. I can't keep the law. The second thing was in there was, was Aaron's rod, which budded. That was man saying, I don't like your preachers. I don't like your prophets. I don't like the way they're leading. I want to do my own thing. It's man's rebellion against God's prophets and people that was sent. And then the third thing is they kept some manna. And manna is what God fed the Israelites with those 40 years. Manna is bread. Remember they said, we don't want this bread. We're tired of the bread. Really what that's saying is we don't want Jesus and we're tired of his ways. Because Jesus is the bread of life. So, listen. How can you say my spirit's 100%? How can you say that? How can you say that a man that's born in the... God is perfect and he doesn't commit sin. How can you say that? Because your life is hidden in Christ. Don't get emotional. I want you to understand this. In other words, you are the temple. You are the ark of the covenant. You're the ark. And when God looks at you, Jesus is in you. When God looks at you, your inability to keep the law, those things, God couldn't see them because the blood was on the mercy seat. God doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your rebellion. And he doesn't see that you abhor his bread. Because he see, when you are in Christ, you are perfected forever. You are perfected forever when you are in Christ.
That should give you boldness. Now, let me give you some scriptures on that. Um, Sanctification is a process. The soul and the flesh are being saved, but the spirit is 100% being born again. Here's a scripture. Hebrews 10, 14 says this. For by one offering, he perfected forever. I want you to say it. For by one offering, he did what? Did I just tell you you're perfect? Are you perfect in yourself? Are you perfect in Adam? How are you perfect? Because he's perfected forever those who are Everybody say being. being. What does being, being mean? Does being mean done? Does it mean done? It's a process. It's happening. Some of you allow that process to happen quicker than others. Some of you are like me and I go around the mountain 50 times. Anybody out there say amen. amen. That, so, so we see that. We see that. Walk in the Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians, if you're going to live by the Spirit... Then walk by the Spirit. The Bible says walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Here's another one. James 1.21. James 21, it says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to what? Save your souls. On, on save your souls, does save your souls mean it's completed? How many say save your souls mean it's done? Is the cross done, completed? Have you died with Christ? Are you in Christ and raised a new creature? Amen. But the soul is being saved. I'm going to leave you with this, and I may preach on it some more next week. We'll see if we go on or not. I can tell that... It's a lot. It's a lot. Father, in the name of Jesus, as the musicians are coming today, all across this room, all across this room, when I was driving to church today, When I was driving to church today, I felt the Lord say, Brian, people are going to want to respond today. They're they're not going to be able to just hear what you preached and forget about it. They're going to want to respond. With every head bowed and eyes closed, who who feels God kind of touching you and really stirring up a lot of thoughts and you've been provoked to think about a lot today? Can you put your hands up all over if, if, if that's you today? Amen? Yeah, don't go completely dark. That's good. Okay, here's what we're going to do today. These guys are going to sing a song in a minute. But if God is moving on your heart, if you're a person here that says, hey, when you talked about sin, the nature of sin, the person of sin, and then you talked about sins, my actions... Pastor, today I've been having a lot of bad actions. I'm really needing some forgiveness of sin. I'm really needing some cleansing.
I'm really needing some freedom because my conscience is really accusing me and I'm feeling pretty lousy about life and about myself and where I'm at. I need, I need, I need forgiveness. My cry is forgiveness today. My cry is forgiveness today. My my cry is just feeling us separate from you, and that I'm not in right standing with you. My cry is I need my conscience purged. If your cry is more that you need forgiveness with nobody looking around, let me see your hands today. If you just feel your cry is you need forgiveness today. Lift up your hands across this room. If you just feel like you really need forgiveness today. Forgiveness. I'm I'm needing forgiveness today. I'm needing forgiveness today. All across the room, raise your hand. I'm needing forgiveness today. Okay? Now then, how many of you, that's sins, that's actions, that's shortcomings, that's mistakes... And God can do that today. But how many of you are like, I'm in a vicious cycle. I appreciate forgiveness, but I need the body of sin to be dead. I need deliverance. Who would lift your hand and say, I need deliverance. I need the cross. Lift up your hand if you say, I need the cross today. You made it very clear today, Brian, that the blood is for forgiveness But the cross is where I die with Christ. And those that raised your hand that you want to die with Christ. um, I want to lead you in a prayer. Those that said you want to die with Christ. I want you to pray this. Say, Say God. In Jesus name I pray you give me a revelation. That I died with Christ. 2,000 years ago. And that Adam died. And that nature died. And that you put Christ in me. And I am now in Christ. I'm 100% born again. I have the fruit of the Spirit in me. And I am going to see my soul. My mind, my will, my emotions start obeying your voice in my heart. And I'm going to start telling my flesh no and to live by the Spirit. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. Whatsoever things you desire. Oh, no. The Bible says this. Um, it, It says this. It says God gives you both the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So right now I want you to say, God, give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. Amen. The worship team is going to sing a song. If you need forgiveness of sin or you need the cross, I'm going to ask you to come over in this area uh, and to make that move while they're singing that song, while they're singing today. And we're going to pray, I'm going to pray with you. And then we'll come back and give directions for dismissal.